This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode 159A. Part two, do. <laughs> well, it's not really part two, it's take two. Take two. <laughs> I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis. And although when I asked him last, last a few weeks ago, when we were about to record, are we ready? And he responded, listo. We were not listo. <laughs> because my co-host joining me as always, Adam Bell. Here I am. And, and, and we are listamos today. We are all ready. But last week, he forgot, or last episode, last <laughs> take, he forgot to push the big red button. Big red button. <laughs> which not only stops recording, it also starts recording. Yes. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Welcome. But we didn't make that mistake this time, right? We did not. We Yay. are recording. Huzzah! Huzzah! Because <laughs> we had a pretty good episode last time, and then as we finished, you, you know, I remember my uh, my my esteemed co-host Adam Bell looked at me and said, "Oh, guess what?" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was that. So we're gonna recap um, a lot about the same the same topics, if I can remember them. I I I wrote them down. Well, then, this should be a piece of cake. It should be. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? <laughs> well, I guess we'll start at the top, but I, I did want to, uh, I don't know if you saw my shirt. Oh, I guess you hear it. This is my this is ugly my. Christmas sweater. It's, it's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, we took our Christmas pictures in those. And Elizabeth said, hey, look. I said, oh, it's fantastic. It's perfect for a computer guy. It's 8-bit. I was just going to say, is that an 8-bit graphics? Yeah. And she said, no, it's not. It's a sweater. I said, well, it does just happen to be that those two things are both correct. <laughs> not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, then. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, we talked about a lot last, uh, last episode. And it was but... fantastic. It was probably one of our our top recordings yep. oh, or no recording. Right. It was top our top episode. conversation. Exactly. And uh, this time it's going to probably not be as good, uh, except we have new and original content to add into it. So it's sort of like a remake, remake kind of like a reboot, but also adding on borrowing from the original. There we so go. Where do you want to start? I guess we'll start at the top. So you, we had, a, we had talked about before the, the marathon and you were successful with your first marathon, no major issues until a little minor issue a little bit later. About three days after the marathon, I developed some pain in the arch, my right foot. Yeah, what's the big deal? What was the big deal? Well, not so much, except that night uh, it swelled up like a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and that generally is indicative of some sort of stress-related injury, whether it's a bone fracture or soft tissue damage or some such. So I took a week off and then uh, ran again, and it swelled up again. So I called the doctor, and uh, originally the podiatrist, uh, sports you know, orthopedic guy said uh, they could see me in about three months. Three months. Three months. So I said, uh, can you do any better? And they were able to fit me in in about three weeks, which as it happens was last week. Mm -hmm. um, they took x-rays, could not find any sign of a break. So they said, well, you know, it, it could be that it broke and healed. And I was like, yeah, but given my age, I don't think a bone <laughs> is expected to heal in that short amount of time. Yeah. You know? So... I'm leaning more towards soft tissue. Um, so he said, uh, well, I'm going to send you to physical therapy. I want you to do PT for six to eight weeks and then come back. So he referred me to this place, called them, and they said they could see me. In three months. <laughs> beginning of January. 
close <laughs> six weeks i was like no i see i wanted to be done with physical therapy by then not starting it yeah so, so i called my uh physical therapist that i had used after my second rotator cuff tear repair and they said we can see you wednesday morning okay so i said great well, let's do that instead <laughs> so um yeah um so that uh, I, that I actually did have that appointment. That was two days ago, morning, bright and early, 7 a.m. And uh, he gave me some exercises and he gave me a, a prescription for uh, starting to get back into running. So yesterday and the day before, I actually went out on very <laughs> super easy, like walk for 10 minutes, run for two minutes, walk for two minutes, run, walk, run, walk for a total of uh six reps each way yeah so essentially 12 minutes of running okay <laughs> you know and then another 20 another 10 minutes of walking on the way back so i did that yesterday and the day before and i'm doing some light exercises so um uh and it felt fine you know i felt a little bit of sensation but certainly not pain so you know whatever is going on there there's still something going on there but i think it might have just been getting used to moving again after taking like a month off yeah. Um, but I'm optimistic, you know, I'm hopeful now this, uh, a lot feeling in a lot better place than I was with respect to running, you know, just a week ago. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm happy about that. So well, good. So yeah. I, I'm going to go off topic here, but on topic to what we're talking about. So do you have, uh, an opinion about chiropractic versus, um, physical therapy? Yes. And um, I would throw into that osteopaths and massage therapists and yoga instructors and acupuncturists. Okay. Depends on the practitioner, not the practice. Ah, now that's a great answer because, uh, and, and that's, this is why I was at, of course, it was a leading question. I have my own yeah. opinion. Was it really? It was, but, but your answer is my answer as well. Uh, if a chiropractor, just as an example, if all they do is you're out of alignment, my hips out of alignment, I'm walking funny. They come into the office, they stretch me out, they relieve the pressure one way or another, but they don't do anything to help me keep it in the proper position. I'm going to be back with another adjustment. That's called job security, job security. So I went to, I mean, so, so you're, 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 is, and I agree. We're right on in that. If the, if the chiropractor is also subscribing for you exercises to do with these adjustments, you know, I said, okay, Peter, come back in three days. Let's see how straight your hip is with the exercises that I'm having you do. We'll make another adjustment. Mm -hmm. And if we need to adjust your exercise, you know, we'll, we'll do that yep. to me. That's, that's right on track. Cause I used to think of chiropractors as crazy and then, and then, and that's kind of why I didn't know why I thought they were crazy. Cause like, how much good is that going to do? You know, but then as I've had my own physical therapy over the years, getting the, the body or spine or whatever it is, neck, shoulders, hips, getting those aligned is one thing, keeping them aligned. You've got to do the therapy associated with that. Uh, agreed. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that it's the practitioner uh, more than the practices, I have had physical therapists who were really good for nothing. All they did was what I showed up in their office to do, you know, and they just had me do these exercises and paid no attention. And I even uh, once they didn't even review me for like an extra month, like they were supposed to do a reevaluation. This is after my first rotator cuff repair. Mm -hmm. And um, they just forgot to like do the first uh, uh, eval reevaluation. Right. So just wasting, you know, and this is like, this is just completely wasting my time. You know, mm -hmm. a month, a month of my time for, you know, recovery was just lost. Mm -hmm. um, 
conversely, I've had uh, chiropractors who are amazing. Like I one time, there's one, I can think of two, one in New Hampshire, one in Vermont. And um, that I've seen and like one, I had like my knee blew out once uh, and you know, I was in Aikido and this happened. And um, <clears throat> I called him up and I showed up at his office, like hobbling, like, you know, using a, a, a crutch and having to like drag myself up the three stairs to get into his office. Yeah. And after he worked on me, I walked out with a slight limp. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and this guy was a combination. He would do like physical manipulation and crunching, crunching, and also acupuncture needles. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, conversely, I've had acupuncture that didn't really do anything. Um, I've had uh, massage therapists that were able to take away acute pain and, you know, and, and very strong symptoms. So, um, and I've had physical therapists who were amazing, you know, doing some manipulation and, you know, electric stimulation and stuff like that. So it really depends on, I think, on the person, you know, because the, because the lines blur, right? Blurring the lines. Hey, hey, see what you did there? Um, between, you know, especially if they're going to be mixing methodologies and modalities and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone to chiropractors where all they do is like, doesn't matter what the symptoms are every single time. It's the exact same thing here. Lie down, lie down on your back. Okay. Let's check this out. Let's stretch out the spine, crunch, turn you on your side, crunch the hips, turn you on the other side, crunch the hips, lie back, crunch, adjust the neck. You're good to go. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's like, um, there's that old far side cartoon where, uh, uh, someone's in veterinary school. And uh, they say, like, you know, like most, uh, you know, veterinary students, uh, such and such skips, th- you know, breezes through chapter 22 on horses. Uh-huh. And it's like it lists all of these different symptoms. And the, the prescription is always shoot, 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 <laughs> shoot. It's kind of like that. You know, that's how that's how some chiropractors have felt. Yeah. So. Well, and I would say out of all of those, the least tangible for me would be the acupuncture and, and dry needling, which is something different. And I, I honestly don't know the difference between the two, but they are different and they will argue adamantly that they're different. I'm like, you're yep. sticking a needle in me. Uh, <laughs> but the, you know, some, at least the acupuncture that I've experienced was like, okay, you come in and we'll do this for six weeks. I'm like, after six weeks, whatever's wrong with me may just automatic just be resolved by then. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. So dry needling essentially uh, takes acupuncture, and there the, the the theory is like, oh well, it's uh, it's when you poke with needles in certain places that is stimulating, you know, the <clears throat> the 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 healing response, and then that and that's what you do. So you just poke around the affected areas. And acupuncturists really, really hate dry needlers. Yeah. Um, because it completely leaves out all of the traditional Chinese medicine theory about the organs and holistic approach and how to approach this and that. It's just like, oh no, stuck it, stick it in the needles. And um, um so and I, I tend to agree with that. I've had dry needling and I was like, oh, I just I just got poked by a needle. Yeah, I could. Um, I'm going to jab myself. My wrist hurts. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whereas the uh, I once I had uh, an elbow problem a few years ago from jujitsu and it was like three weeks and it was really hurting. I was not able to do a lot. Um, And it was just like, you know, it was just it was in pain constantly. And then it was affecting my practice. I couldn't even do push ups. And I went to an acupuncturist expecting this is going to take three, five weeks or so. And I walked out feeling like I was at 80%. Yeah. After just one treatment, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hey, there you go. Could it be the placebo effect? Sure. Could it be stimulating my body's own healing response? Sure. sure. Why not? Don't care. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. My, my experience is that, or, you know, this is just, my layman's thinking is that by putting all these needles in you in precarious places like your face and your body, and then you're left in a room to be still and listen to calming music. 
in a warm room. It's comfortable. It's very just the, the environment's very comfortable and you are very, uh, you're not going to move. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're motivated to not move because you can't just roll over with these needles in your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're being held in place. I think it's just making practical reasons for you to hold still and relax. I believe that that is very much a factor, you know, giving <laughs> you a chance just to relax and, and recover. Right. Mm-hmm. And that goes along hand in hand with the style of yoga that I teach. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just need a little space to, to chill and let the body do what it's doing. So I mm-hmm. certainly think that that's a factor. All right. Well, cool. There you go. All right. Back on track. <laughs> yeah. How did we get off track? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Right, Pittsburgh. Yeah. You could left turn at Albuquerque. I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were, yeah. So I'm just going back because we actually had an outline based on the last time we didn't record this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not actually a doctor. No MacBook Pro. I'm not a doctor. Is that me? Am I not actually the doctor? Yeah, I don't remember who was actually the doctor or not. Let's, 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 well, I'm not. So let's move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, decided that I'm not buying a new MacBook Pro just because they're overkill for me, for what I need right now. Right. I don't need a MacBook Pro. Um, and they cost twice as much as the, you know, the entry level MacBook Air. Yeah. So I decided to wait thinking that we would see a MacBook Air around now before mm-hmm. Christmas. And now the latest rumors I'm hearing is maybe sometime in second quarter of 22. Okay. So I'm just limping along with my computers because frankly, my PC is running okay. <laughs> I have noticed there have definitely been times where it has been a little bit slow mm-hmm. and I'm aware of that because I used to make a big deal out of that. Like, you know, like how much time is this really costing me? Yeah. Um, but generally the times when I notice it running slowly is when I'm playing games, you know, not really worried <laughs> about that. I just crank the resolution down a little bit and it's okay. So yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to buy myself a new gamer PC, you know, that's, that's not me. And so, so I'm just holding out a little while longer. We'll see what's going on. And, you know, I did just, uh, just last month, I set up one of my clients, the CEO of a company with his new MacBook air mm-hmm. and it's really sweet. They're, they're nice. You know, I love the form factor. I love the size. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a part of me that just always wants to have the latest and greatest. I don't want to, I don't want to buy something now and then next month come out like, oh, yeah, that one. But um, I did resist that, though. I mean, I still rocking the iPhone 12, not the 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same here. I've got the 12, but I just bought the 12 last year at this time. Right. Well, I just bought mine in the summer. Yeah. So so even then, I'm like, yeah. And also I got the uh, notification that I could save $200 on an Apple Watch Series 7. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I should do the math and see, because if I could pick it up for like, you know, for, for, if I could trade in my series six and get $200 off, maybe that offset. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. But it's probably not worth the hassle. Yeah. I like, I still really like my MacBook pro. I mean, we're, we're on it now. We've recorded every podcast on it for the last two years. And sometimes we haven't recorded on it. And sometimes we have not, but I mean, I never run out of resources. I've never, I mean, it's never locked up. Yep. Um, it just works. My yeah. problem is I go through this pattern. Like I did the same thing with Ubuntu. I ran it for a good solid, almost two years running Ubuntu, but there was all these just tiny annoyances that were so easily handled in windows. And I finally just said, I've had enough. <laughs> uh, you went back to the windows. world. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I did that with my MacBook pro this last week because I'm going to be traveling and I've got to onboard an office with four different offices. 
and my MacBook Pro could go as the big 16-inch version of my computer. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be in dirty data rooms, and I want the ultra portability, yeah. and I want um, I want to put it directly on the LAN and do my network scans. I don't want to pull up my Mac. I don't want to fire up my virtual machine. I don't want to run my virtual machine in Nmap through my virtual NIC. I want it native on-site running, yep. and it's ultra portable. I mean, yep. I just like I have I had to buy this. Is the right tool for what I needed to do. The MacBook yep. is not the right tool for that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was looking today in, in advance of this, you know, re- reviewing the show notes for uh, also known as our cheat notes here for this episode. <laughs> so the MacBook Air, and again, you know, I like the Airs and stuff because they're, you know, they're the, the wait, are they fanless? I don't even remember. I think they're fanless. If not, they're the fan hardly ever fires up, right? Yeah. Um, but on average, they release a new MacBook Air every 398 days. Mm hmm. It's been 388 days. <laughs> so, you know, like in 2020, they released one in March. 2019, it was in July. So less than a year there. 2018, it was October, less than a year. Mm-hmm. 2017, it was June. So that was a bigger spread. Mm-hmm. And then it was 2015 and 2014. You know, that's how far back they go. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, oh, keep on keeping my... You know, and the Mac Rumors Buyer's Guide, they keep on saying, you know, caution, it's nearing the end of cycle. Mm-hmm. But with COVID and supply chain issues, it could be nearing the end of cycle for quite some time. That's yeah, I bet. I mean, my wet, un- my wet finger in the air uninformed would say May, June, based on those factors. That's what I saw. That's what I was hearing was the latest rumors was, you know, like, yeah, probably, probably second quarter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my pro, it does have a fan and the fan only runs when I'm pulling up Adobe Illustrator, Adobe Photoshop. Yep. Not photos, not, I mean, not regular computing, not Zoom, you know, what we're doing right now. Yep. Fans not on, but as soon as I pull up Illustrator, it, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like I don't, you know, when I'm doing graphics manipulation now, like I'm cropping and sizing some giant image down to something small. It's really, you know, minor stuff. So yeah. I don't run Illustrator. I don't run. I haven't run Photoshop in. I don't know how many years I use GIMP does everything I need to do. Yeah. Stupid name, horrible name, really clunky user interface, but I figured it out. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I used to love Picasa Google's version of that. I remember that. It was really good. I mean, for, for basic stuff, all all I want to do is it's, I need to adjust the lighting, maybe adjust the, um, the, the hue, give some things brighter color. Yep. It was perfect for that. There you go. <laughs> so no MacBook Pro for me. Um, and we did already touch a little bit on being frugal with computers, right? Like yep. I'm trying to balance the loss of productivity that I may have, but I'm keeping an eye on it. You know, I'm thinking about this and I'm paying attention. Like, am I actually losing any productivity? I don't think I am. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, again, my games, I'm losing a little bit of time for my games, but I'm not, I'm not worrying about that. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what else we got? All right. You said you still love your iPad mini. We did talk about this. Yes. I am still loving the iPad mini now. I've had it for what? A couple months, I guess. Um, I maintain for me, it's the perfect tablet form factor. And uh, I'm really liking the pencil, the Apple second generation, Apple pencil and being able to write on it. Yeah. So like in my one-on-one meeting and um, my morning journaling and my yoga lessons, I write them out by hand now. And uh, it's just, it's really cool. It's pretty cool. And, and I also like how, like, if uh, you open up the notes app on, um, on my iPhone, for instance, and open up the same note, you can see them update in near real time, which is pretty slick. Mm-hmm. So, so I like that. Would you ever consider, I mean, of course you drive a Tesla, 
So you've got a digital d- display board right there already. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking in my 1998 Chevy truck, which does not have a digital display, that an iPad mini might be a nice display for GPS and any sort of communications that aren't on like my phone that I have to look down at. That might be yep. cool. That would be kind of cool. Um, although like you'd have to use an iPad pro to get anywhere near the size of the display in the Tesla. Cause that's a 17 inch laptop panel. <laughs> oh no, no. I, I'm, I'm talking about the, the mini size. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> no, I think that would be perfectly viable. Um, you know, you take an iPad mini, you stick it in there, you use Apple maps. And since odds are, you're going to have your phone with you every time you're driving anyway, you don't go for the data plan. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just throw that in there, run the maps app. You just use the hotspot from your phone and that'd make a perfectly good. Um, yeah. Perfectly good. 1998 compatible GPS. <laughs> Cause we do. I mean, I run ways now all the time when yeah. I'm traveling. Um, I don't like ways because it will take me through some junky paths that will save me, you know, 15 seconds, but I had to drive a whole lot harder uh, to get there, but it, it is really good if there is a traffic jam 30 miles down the road that you haven't detected that it'll tell you about that. Yes. And, and the others, you know, like Google is supposedly incorporating all of that traffic data into Google maps. Now yeah. they bought ways years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I definitely get different results. Ways will still sometimes recommend some, some alternative routes, which I'm like, why? Why is Waze different from Google? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they be the same all the time? Because you'd think that same company owning both of them, they would pick the best route every time. Yeah. So... Well, <laughs> <laughs> well and, and of course, routes change with traffic. So right. But they've that. got the same, they've got the same traffic info. Yeah. So, so... The, the, go- the, the Google Maps really ticked me off this spring. So it's been a while ago now. It was cold. And I was in my I was in my green truck, my old 55 Chevy truck. And I was taking back roads with ways on because I didn't know how to get where I was going through the back roads. I had an idea, but I wasn't 100% sure how to get there. And I was following Google because Google takes the uh, it usually takes the most traveled road and it didn't do all these considerations. Right. And it kept saying, hey, there's a faster route. I'm like, oh, this is new. So I said, no. Okay. Plus, I'm driving my 55 Chevy, which is a three-speed on the column. All my pedals are on the floor. I can't just be stopping to press buttons on my phone. I don't have enough. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, hit no. It prompted me another four or five times on my way there saying, do you want to change your route to a faster route? No. And, and it would, it would block the screen with this change. So now I can't see the navigation. I can't hit. No, I can't hit yet. <laughs> you know? like, mm-hmm. All right. Y'all got to think these things through because you're constantly complaining that we're not supposed to be navigating while driving. Yes. So you can't change and make me try to hit buttons while I'm it driving screen. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, <laughs> oh, brother. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't know what ways is thinking some days. It's like, give, make it easier for me, you know. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> what else? So, yeah, we talked. This is slightly older news at this point, but we talked about iOS 15. Yeah, and the favorite, our favorite uh, features of that. And I don't mm-hmm. remember both of us, or it was just me, but my favorite features is definitely the customized notifications and uh, do not disturb settings. Yeah. So was that you too? Or was that just me? I don't remember. No, I remember you talking about that. There was something that I liked, but I can't remember what it was. Well, the fact that you can specify different types of do not disturb, it's not just all or nothing anymore. Yeah, And so I have, um, well, let me just take a look. Let me open up my do not disturb settings and take a look exactly here. I'm going to go into focus. Um, so there's do not disturb, which is for me a hard do not disturb. It just doesn't 
doesn't um, doesn't let anybody you know disturb me. Doesn't take any phone calls. No apps. No nothing. Um, then I have driving, which also does not take any um, doesn't allow anything. Although with my Tesla, it does allow text messages to come through, mm-hmm. and the car will read them to me. And then I can try and fail to reply to it because <laughs> that never works. And yeah. dictation is terrible because the, the, the processor in my car is so underpowered. It's ridiculous. So um, I also have fitness. So for fitness, I allow notifications to come in from a certain number of people and a certain number of apps. Right. Um, so like if my boss or a key client was to text me and certain close friends, I allow them to text me while I'm doing a workout. Um, And I allow notifications, say, from my front door and certain, uh, well, a large number of my workout apps Mm -hmm. because I want those notifications while I'm working out. You know, otherwise I don't get the, hey, your heart rate is too high or, you know, hey, you just ran your 10 miles. You can stop now. Right. (laughs) I want those apps. Um, I also have personal time where I will accept text messages and also signal notifications and discord notifications. Um, Amazon, the lady in the tube, she can message me. My car, my Tesla, it can message me. So uh, when I'm on personal time, but I don't take Slack messages and mm-hmm. I don't take uh, phone calls from you know clients. Um, I have sleep where... You know, like I might allow the lady to send a text message. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I don't care. Work wants to call. They can call all they want. I'll get it when I wake up. <laughs> and then I have work mode where, again, I have a couple of personal people allowed to send me messages. Mm-hmm. But by and large, you know, like, no, you know, so it's just I, I'll, but I'll take um, like, I'll take phone calls from. WebEx and Zoom from their, you know, like their dial-in numbers. Yep. Um, a couple of close friends and family. And then it's all just a bunch of work apps that I'll take, you know, so I'll like get mail notifications, secure mail notifications, WebEx, Zoom, Slack, all those, but not other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't want, like, I don't get Discord messages while I'm in the middle of, um, you know, of, of, uh, uh, work time. So, so that's how I've customized that right now. And it seems to be working out pretty well for me. So cool. uh, Yeah. So that's how I have my, uh, my iOS 15 notifications customized at this point. Very good. So this is a funny story. (laughs) This one, I don't recognize that. This this (laughs) seems new. This is new. So this past weekend, well, the weekend before last, we were watching X-Files, all four of us. <clears throat> and in one of the episodes, the, the old woman in the, says to her son to get her her juice. Is that Leonard Betts? Uh, it's the guy who could jump universes. Not Leonard Betts. Different episode. Got <laughs> Carry on. But so... He gets, and she's drinking Clamato. That was her thing. And Ashlyn, my oldest daughter, says, what is Clamato? And so we explained to her what it was. And we even explained, you know, that it's a, you know, there's Budweiser even has their Budweiser Clamato. And it's Budweiser and Clamato together. And, and I bought it just to try it because I wondered, I mean, cause uh, I like Mexican culture and I like Mexican food, like true Mexican food. And I was like, well, if Mexicans like this, I probably like this. I don't like this. So with that went on, I mean, that was just like a, a two minute conversation explaining what Clamato was. And then on Monday, Ashlyn goes back to school she gets an advertisement pop up on her computer for Clamato. And she's like, how in the world? I said, do you really think your iPhone is not listening to what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. All four of us are in a room with our iPhones 
probably five devices on. Somebody picked up Clamato and you got the advertisement as the 20 year old. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I, there have been, there has, there was an app for, I think it was like a European football club, soccer club. Mm-hmm. where they were turning on the microphone and they were listening and they've admitted that. But I really can't buy that you would just randomly get a Clamato ad with no one, you know, out of the blue. That's just, I don't think big data is that good where they could have predicted that without some external inputs. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, my daughter is 20. She'll be 21 April 1. So I'm not so foolish to think that she has not drank any of the three years that she's been in college. <laughs> now, did you have any Amazon ladies in the tube in that area? In the room. <sighs> yeah, I've got an Amazon fire. Yeah. I mean, that thing is always listening. <laughs> you know it's always listening otherwise it wouldn't be able to you know like have its wake word so yeah <sighs> yeah i don't know man i don't know <laughs> all right um yeah yeah i yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I i want to i want to believe that oh no no they're not listening to it. and i don't i don't believe that for a second yeah i don't i don't, I don't believe it yeah so we talked a little bit about Google versus, let me just quit it here. <clears throat> Google versus Alexa versus Siri. Uh-oh. Me anyway. <laughs> I think we were talking about the different devices because you had said that you had a, uh, a Google, one of their little ones. And I mentioned one for our door and. Yes. So I did, and this ties into Black Friday, um, I did buy a couple of extra Echo devices. Yeah. Um, I have Google Home, you know, minis or Nest Home minis, I don't know where, you know, um, in a couple of places, but it's just not as, it's, it's extra effort to go through configuring all of those devices to work with all the rest of the stuff in my smart home, whereas yeah. it's already tied into Alexa, so... As it's like it's just a path of least resistance. Yep. And then while I was at my parents' place for Thanksgiving, I brought a couple more up there. So pretty much every room in the first floor of the house, which is really the only floor that you know they spend time on now, my dad can either receive a call or ask the lady in the tube to you know call Peter. And it worked. Like I called him yesterday morning. I was driving on my way to an appointment, and uh, and he uh, no, it was was it. I think I was driving back from physical therapy two days ago and he answered and he was in the shower. And he was like, yep, I'm in the shower. I'll call you back. I'm like, okay, good. You know, but he didn't, cause he's like, definitely, you know, seems like he's got a little bit of compulsive, uh, you know, behavior at some point he hears the phone or the call coming in and he feels like he has to go run to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah. no, you don't first off, but he's going to do it anyway. So I was like, well, here, now you don't have to move. You can just take the call right there. So <laughs> Now, I'll be honest, um, I bought the new ones and I gave him my old ones. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's A, never going to notice and B, never going to care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get the upgraded sound quality with mine. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, related to that, he, uh, sorry, uh, I also did, I did make a couple of Black Friday slash Cyber Monday slash November is, uh, you know, sale month uh, purchases. So I did get a couple of Echo devices and um, I have noticed like, you know, from the third gen to the fourth gen, the sound quality improves every time. Yeah, of course. I had a first gen and I've had a second gen uh, and I also had the Echo Flex. I mean, that thing is like a little tinny, it's like a doorbell speaker, you know, like a buzzer, like, you know, or or maybe it's kind of like, (laughs) watermelon. Um. So I uh, got a few of those and, you know, the, the sound quality has definitely been getting better. The, the, the Google minis that I have, to, those sound quality is pretty nice. 
Yeah. So, you know, I was like thinking I could use those, but just like working with the two different assistants and the two different ecosystems, it becomes a pain. So, yeah. So, um, so I've got those. And then I also ordered the uh, Echo B smart thermostat, mm-hmm. um, which works with all of those and Apple uh, HomeKit with Siri. Mm-hmm. But I uh, did not get the one with uh, Alexa built in. They're okay. making those where you know it's a it's like an Echo device built in because frankly the where the thermostat sits it's literally within eight feet of three other Alexa capable devices, <laughs> not counting my phone, right? Yeah. Because I have the Fire TV Cube, I have the Sonos Beam, and I have an Echo device in the kitchen, mm-hmm. so I didn't need another one of those. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was 200 bucks and I got the Echobee with, uh, the Echobee light with two additional sensors <clears throat> so that I can emulate the same, um, setup I have with my nest thermostat only supposedly it's going to work better because a, the nest has fallen down. They have never allowed you while well, you can set a schedule. It has this concept of morning, um, you know, morning day afternoon evening and night but you can't dictate when those time periods start huh okay so and then and the only reason you use those is you say like during the day use the third floor sensor to dictate the temperature at night use the bedroom you know uh thing to temperature well night starts at like 9 p.m what if i go to bed at 10 Mm-hmm. you know, you can't, can't change it. Right. Yeah. So it's more plus programming. What's, what's happened to me on a number of occasions, including now is that um, the, um, the location awareness based on my phone just doesn't work. I was up in Vermont and it was turning on the heat while I was gone. <laughs> Defeats the whole purpose of having the nest. Yeah. And um, you know, and also I would come home recently standing here, in the house with the thing and it doesn't know that I'm home. So I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. So plus they've also been like ratcheting back their integrations because Google wants, Google owns Nest. So they want all of, you know, if you want to do automation and integration and stuff, you have to use your Google account for it. And I just don't want to do that because one of the last remaining uh, integrations I had was with Ift. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep that, which you can't do if you switch to a Google account. So I'll probably end up taking my Nest thermostat up to my parents' place in Vermont because in one room of the house, they have a thermostat in the basement and where I, where the guest, I'm turning into my guest room for when I stay there. (laughs) And so at least that way I'll be able to say, Alexa, turn up the heat. (laughs) So that's probably where that will, will go there. And, you know, I won't care about location awareness or anything like that. (laughs) So that's, uh, yeah, so that was it. Oh, and I did also buy a pair of jeans. Like I've been wanting a new, the last time I bought a pair of jeans was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've really been wanting a new pair. Uh, I bought one and they were too tight. So I got the next size up and they were also too tight. And I was like, <laughs> whatever. So I just sent it back. And uh, I think that was about all I ended up uh, buying. Oh, that's the other piece that I wanted to cover. Um. Back in 2000, I want to say 13 or 14, I was given a demo uh, Bluetooth keyboard, the same dimensions as an iPad mini. Right. From Canex, K-A-N-E-X. And I wrote a review of it. So essentially, I, I did the review and they're like, yeah, you can keep the keyboard. I was like, great. I've used that thing on and off for like six or seven years. And it's great. It's a tiny little, you know, tiny little keyboard. Again, the size of an iPad mini. So like what, seven inches or so. Um, But it's a full QWERTY keyboard with little, you know, inverted T uh, arrow keys. And I love the thing. Um, It has recently just stopped working intermittently. Yeah. Some of the keys will stop working and I have to reset it. One time I had to unpair it and repair it. Um, apparently though, it's a very popular design because there are an infinite number of knockoffs that you can get, which look exactly the same. Yeah. So, so I bought something with a built-in case as well for my Mac mini. I mean, mm-hmm. my iPad mini, because apparently sometime in the last month, not long after I got it, I dropped it and put a nice 
dent right in one of the corners. Uh. And I could not figure out how this happened. And then I realized at one point I dropped it in the bag that I carry it around in. And it might've just, it must've just hit right on the corner, just like a fraction of an inch away from the camera. Yep. So I was very glad that, you know, other than this cosmetic ding that's there now, it's, you know, it's perfectly fine. Um, but I did opt for the keyboard with built-in case. There you go. So, so hopefully that'll be here tomorrow, along with my thermostat, along with my new C-clamp for my uh, microphone boom that you have talked me into installing. <laughs> so. Yep, I'm going to dig out my good mic, and it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> yep. Oh, boy. So I know we had a lot of other stuff to talk about, but I think, I think we're pretty good at this point. Uh, as from my end anyway, what else did you want to cover? Um, I think that that is it. You know, you had mentioned, you'd asked if I had bought any black Friday. I hate shopping. Um, I, I, I buy things when I want them. If I, I mean, and I just buy them when I want them provided they're not a budgetary breaker, you know, right. like, that laptop I bought, I didn't, I had to look, see if I had the money before I could do that. <laughs> but I didn't, I mean, if I'm buying whatever, a pair of jeans or whatever, I'm just going to go buy it from wherever I need to buy it. So I, but I hate shopping. I like shop the Amazon black Friday deals. And I get in there. I'm like, scroll, scroll, scroll. This is nothing that I want. I'm done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So I'm just going through, we had a number of things that I wanted to cover today, but we've ended up going back. So we'll just punt those out to next episode. Sounds great. Um, but I forgot. So I went and I saw a physical therapist and I said, I, I did say that I actually went for a run yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did cover that. I've been telling, oh, you know, I'm back into becoming a runner. So I'm talking about it constantly. So I don't remember who I've told. So <laughs> cool. So we covered one last bit. I guess I want one last thing. To, so, okay. Um, Apparently, um, so I, last week I went to my doctor's office because my vision in my right eye was blurry Yeah, and I couldn't see. And like it, I noticed it. I have, I just got new glasses last month and I was having trouble reading with my reading glasses on. And then I was having trouble reading while I was driving. And then I noticed, um, after a couple of days, I had this gooey buildup in my eyes in the morning. Yeah. And I bought eye drops and I had them for a few days and it didn't get any better. And I called my, my primary care physician's office and I was like, should I see you? Should I see an optometrist? And I said, no, you can come in tomorrow morning. Came in, physician's assistant looked at me um, and I had told her that I had some gel that uh, had been per, uh, prescribed when I had scratched my cornea. Mm-hmm. years ago and you know some uh amoxicillin gel and that seemed to make things better so she prescribed sim- something similar another antibiotic eye drop that was a week ago and it hasn't really been getting any better mm-hmm. and then today out of the blue all of a sudden ow wow my eye hurts feels like I have like a contact lens stuck in there or something. Yeah. What is going on? Oh my God. Ah, like I'm in the mirror. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to, I'm running my eye under the faucet, just a constant stream of water trying to get pop out pops a contact lens. How I've had it stuck in my eye for two and a half weeks. <laughs> I looked, I couldn't see it. The physician's assistant looked, she didn't see it for two and a half weeks. That was in there. (laughs) So I promptly called my optometrist, whom I will be going to see tomorrow because that's as soon as she could see me just to make sure I'm okay. Yeah. But I'm thinking that it's probably a good thing that I was on antibiotics for this, you know, uh, in eye drops for the last couple of, um, uh, the last couple of weeks, because who knows what kind of infection could have developed in that time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I realized I looked back, I was like, I could not remember, like, when was the last time I even put in contacts? Cause I only do that when I'm biking or when I'm running <laughs> November 14th, I went on a hike uh-huh. and I remember that day. It's just like, you know, like a four or five mile, you know, walk out, out to, the, to the, the, the park where I like to go running and stuff. 
And I remember that day I put on contacts. And usually when I get home, I pop them right out because looking around at close-up stuff just doesn't work. Right. Somehow I spaced and I forgot it and didn't even notice it for days, which is really, really unlike me. Yeah. And, but the fact like this thing, you know, the, this new lenses that I've got, they're so thin. I didn't even notice that they were there. And <laughs> I noticed I was irritated. Something was there, but I didn't even know I had it in. And I'm like, I just, my mind boggles that I didn't catch that. And also that under a, you know, a brief eye exam to figure out what was going on. She didn't catch it either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so don't do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I've had, uh, whenever I go down to the farm and I do um, a lot of woodworking, sometimes in the corners of my eye, they'll, you know, it'll build up this gunk yeah. and, you know, a couple of days afterwards, because I think what happens is the sawdust irritates my eyes and get little sawdust particles in there. And then yep. they irritate until they finally work themselves out. And, you know, this gunk goes away, but I've kind of had a, a chronic with this one that is finally squared away, but it took a long time. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, I didn't know what was going on. I thought I had some kind of infection or allergy or mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah. It was a contact lens. <laughs> yeah. There was an obstruction. It was supposed to be a helpful obstruction, but obstruction nonetheless. <laughs> it wasn't that helpful. <sighs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think that's about all I got. I think, I mean, I got a lot more, but uh, unless you got anything else, I say we wrap it and punt it to next episode. Uh, let's, let's punt it. And we do, listener, we would like your feedback. Not the Russian and other people who have been giving me comments on our website. I don't care about those. Comment not spam. Not spam. No bots don't need those anymore, but thank you anyway for considering us. Uh, we do want your feedback. We'd like to, if you'd like to discuss a particular topic, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. We have Twitter locations and we have other websites. You can catch Peter at paradigmcc.com, yogawithpeter.com, and friendswithbeer.com, which is also a podcast that you may enjoy. You might. You can find me at www.sublimecomp.com. Boom. And on that note, I think it's time once again to push that button with a scarlet hue to it, which not only starts, but also stops recording. That's the one. Big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.